This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. This episode is the third in the series of discussing high-risk pregnancy with Parijat Deshpande. Please go back and check out episodes 21 on high-risk pregnancy and 27 on bed rest to get some really good information on other ways to support yourself during a high-risk pregnancy. Today, we're talking about how communication with the doctors or your medical team can help manage your stress and be supportive to mental health. Parija is a leading perinatal wellness expert who specializes in working with women during a high-risk pregnancy. She educates and guides women on how to manage their stress and anxiety so that they can have healthier pregnancies, decrease their risk of preterm birth, and give their baby a healthy start to life. She is a clinically trained therapist, also a women's wellness expert, and experienced speaker on the impact of stress on health and wellness. Parijat is also a certified wellness coach, certified stress management coach, and certified marriage educator. She is also the creator and host of a podcast called Delivering Miracles that is all about supporting women who are struggling to get pregnant, stay pregnant, and healing when the baby comes home. And we're going to talk about lots of great stuff today. So welcome, Parijat. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad you're back with us again. You have such great information regarding high-risk pregnancy. It's so helpful to be able to offer this support to moms through my platform, but I'm super excited that you now also have your very own podcast in and amongst all of the other great things that you do. So hopefully we can talk about that a little bit today too. So for now, I would love to understand from you you know, this idea of communicating with the doctors and the medical team and why it's important for us to be having this discussion and and for moms to be learning that they can do this? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, a huge part of your prenatal care is 
being able to understand what's happening and what you're facing up against, what your medical concerns are, and to get your questions answered. You know, we live in a time where we have access to a lot of information, right? Google mm-hmm. is everywhere. It's, right. you know, on our phones and it's just really easy to access information. But what that also means is it's really overwhelming. Right. Because you can put in your diagnosis and find 15 different opinions and suggestions and recommendations. It's really confusing to know what applies to you and what doesn't, especially because pregnancy is so unique to every single person. Even if you are on your second or third pregnancy, you're probably recognizing that Mm -hmm. it's different than your first few. So it's really important that you get information that is specific to you and your particular pregnancy. So you're not swirling around with all this information about, does this apply to me? Do I do this? Do I not do this? Why is my friend doing this, but my Mm -hmm. other friend's not? I mean, it's too much, right? right? You don't need that additional stress on top of everything else that you're worried about during your pregnancy. Right. Yeah, that is a lot. And it's a great point about, you know, looking everything up on the internet that creates its own anxiety and and can come with its own problems. One thing it makes me wonder about though is, you know, for moms who are struggling, how do they even know what they need to know or how do they know what they need to ask? Right. Absolutely. And that's where I think a huge source of confusion and overwhelm comes from is Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know, right? So you can find answers anywhere. You can ask your friends, you can ask your mom, your sisters, or your doctor, or you can even Google it like we talked about. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know what questions to ask, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to get all the information that you need to help you feel involved in your pregnancy. And that's why I do what I do is, you know, a lot of the work that I do is emotional support, but it comes from giving women and their partners the support to know what questions to ask Mm -hmm. so that you feel empowered. You have to be an equal player on your medical care team because it all comes down to one simple concept, which is nobody cares about your baby as much as you do. Mm-hmm. That's really just the end of it. You know, as much as, you know, during my high-risk pregnancy, I loved my doctors. I'm friends with them now because we just saw each other so much and mm-hmm. I was there all the time. I loved them. And if I ever had to do that again, I would handpick them from around the world, wherever they are, I'd go find them and pick them back. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they did not care for my baby as much as I did. They weren't fighting for my son the way that I was fighting for him. Mm -hmm. And so it is your responsibility to be the one that's questioning and asking and Mm -hmm. demanding exceptional prenatal care. And if you're not getting it from your current doctor, it's your job to find another one. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. Not all doctors are a good fit. Right. Uh, And that's okay. That's okay. It's like any other profession. You have to find the one that fits and feels good to you, and that's most important. So part of the work that you do is to help moms kind of figure out the right questions to ask. It makes me think, you know, and this is true across the board with really any kind of thing, is we go to a doctor, we assume they're the expert and that they're going to tell us what we need to know, or that somehow they're I don't know, going to be able to figure stuff out and give us the information that we need. And right, while they might give us a lot of information, they're not necessarily 
well, you know, they are the experts, but they're not going to be able to know intuitively or know fundamentally what kind of questions are going to be helpful for us. So it sounds like you're really advocating for being a participant in the care. Absolutely. I like to tell my clients that you have to think of you and your doctor running a three-legged race together. You Mm -hmm. can't have one putting in more effort than the other because you'd fall down, right? Mm -hmm. And in this case, falling down has really real repercussions in terms of your health, your baby's health, and just life in general. Mm -hmm. So you're right. There's this idea that our doctors know everything. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. They know everything from a medical perspective. They're the medical experts in the room, but you're the expert on your body. Mm -hmm. And so they can tell you, hey, for XYZ diagnosis, this is the medication that you take. For example, when I go to see the doctor, if I have an infection, a bacterial infection of some kind, they say, okay, here's some amoxicillin, except I know that I'm allergic to penicillin. And so if I take that, it would be very, very bad for me. Yeah. And so it is my responsibility then to speak up and say, actually, I'm allergic to that. And you have to know that about yourself. You have to feel confident enough to push back and say, I've tried that. That doesn't work. Or I had a bad reaction to it because they're the experts on the medication and the medical diagnoses, but you're the expert on your body. And you have to bring those two together on an equal playing field to have complete prenatal care. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's okay to ask questions. It's necessary to ask questions and talk with the providers. So maybe if you have any examples of of things that you've seen in your work, things that moms struggle, to give the listeners an example of what we're talking about. 
Yeah, definitely. So I have a great example actually that I think about all the time of this couple. I'm going to call them Steve and Ariana just to protect their identities. And Steve was actually the one who called me. It's interesting because when this type of stuff comes up in terms of questioning doctors or knowing what steps to take next, it's usually I'm finding the partners who are calling me and not the moms because it's so overwhelming, right? For moms already so worried, which I love. We love talking to the partner. So I remember he called me and he was scared when he left his message. You could hear it in his voice. His voice was trembling and you could tell that he had just received some really bad news. And I got on the phone with him. He told me that his wife's doctor said that her cervix had shortened so much that there was really nothing they could do. And she was really early in her pregnancy. I want to say like 20, 21 weeks, something like that, like really, really early. Mm -hmm. And at a point in the pregnancy where a lot of doctors are very nervous or conservative about what they recommend because they just have seen so many things so many times it goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor told them, well, there's not much more that we can do, you know, just hang out at home. And if anything happens, just call or come to the hospital, but there isn't really anything we can do. And within the first like couple minutes that we were on the phone, I asked him, have you gotten a second opinion? And there was silence on the phone. Hmm. And I thought I'd lost him for a second. I was like, hello, hello, are you still there? And he's like, I can do that. We can get a second opinion. Yeah. And that's when I knew like, okay, we need to do a full session. We need to look at her whole history. We need to figure Mm -hmm. out what they don't know, Mm -hmm. get those questions put together so they can go back to her original doctor and then go find a second opinion doctor Mm -hmm. to get all the information, you know? And when I say this to clients, it's not because I want you to go and look for somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear. It's possible that you go to another doctor, another two, three, four doctors, and they all tell you the same thing, which is there's nothing we can do. Right. And maybe that's just the reality. But then you at least know that you've done your due diligence to get all the information as to why there's nothing else that you can do. You know, so I get questions like that all the time. Or I get questions about, well, why did my doctor say I can't get a cerclage when my sister got a cerclage when she was pregnant? You know, and so there's a lot of confusion. What that tells me is, of course, since I'm not their medical doctor, I can't answer that directly. But what that tells me is, There hasn't been communication between the patient and the doctor about what makes this pregnancy with this particular person not a candidate for enter whatever treatment or medication this person is thinking about. Mm -hmm. And that information is critical for you because if you are sure from whatever research you've done or whatever you know, you want to know more about, for example, this cerclage, you have every right to ask for it. And so I help clients put those questions into a language that doctors can respond to. So in the 10 minutes that you have with them, you're going to get that information so you feel good about the treatment going forward. Wow, that seems vital. I mean, just giving how much stress relief do you see from this? It's tremendous because that helplessness that you feel, you know, you feel like, and I can speak to this as somebody who's been through it too, Mm -hmm. it feels like everything's happening to you. You know, here's a diagnosis I'm going to throw at you. Here's another treatment I'm going to throw at you. And you just kind of sit there and take it sometimes. Uh And there's something so powerful in being able to say, 
actually, can we talk about that for a second? Because I don't understand why you're saying this. Mm -hmm. And it really elevates you to the same playing field as your doctor. You you never want to feel like you're one step below and a good doctor will never make you feel that way Mm. because you recognize that you are coming in with your own expertise of your body and your pregnancy and there needs to be space for that in the room. Wow. I guess then you're also offering ways to feel more confident about asking exactly. Yep. And just more confident about your own intuition or whatever's coming up. Um, Absolutely. There's a huge part of it is learning to trust your body and listen to your body's signals. Mm. And, you know, something even as simple as you've agreed to a medication, you take it, and then you just don't feel right. Mm. And your doctor didn't cover the side effects. Is this normal? Is this not? Should I call? Should I not? And those questions add so much stress to you mm-hmm. versus when you know, when you can ask that your doctor in the room, what side effects can I expect? So when you do have a headache four hours later, you know, okay, this is not a big deal. My doctor said to expect that. And just imagine how much of that tension is relieved by knowing exactly what you can expect during a time when there's so little that you can really rely on in terms of predictability. So, right. I'm sort of thinking the repercussions of just knowing the questions to ask and asking them in terms of reducing stress, reducing anxiety, reducing maybe helplessness, maybe even maybe hopelessness. Absolutely. Just in asking questions and maybe even feeling confident enough to ask the questions. Yep. And then to also feel confident in knowing that you're in charge of your prenatal care so that if you don't like what your doctor's saying or you disagree or whatever, you don't feel like your doctor's listening to you, you know you have the ability to walk away and look for somebody who's going to mesh better with your vision of the healthcare that you want during your pregnancy. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking specifically in terms of maybe mothers who even tend to be a little more introverted or yeah. have, you know, just tend to be a little bit more quiet, that it might be one of those things where after you leave the doctor's office, you're like, oh, I actually don't know what they told me to do, or I don't understand why they did this. You know, everybody has a different way of processing when you're in the moment with someone. And it can be hard to go back and re-ask those questions, or even sometimes hard to get a hold of the provider. Absolutely. uh, To ask them those questions. So, wow. Finding a way to be prepared with those questions and even figuring out what those questions are is can be a task, but it sounds like you have developed a way to do that. Yeah, exactly. The whole idea is, you know, you only have 10 or 15 minutes with them. You want to make the most of it and you want to walk out of there with mm-hmm. more answers than questions because there's nothing more frustrating than walking out of that office going, wait, what just happened? Mm-hmm. What did they say? I don't remember. Like, did they say to take this twice a day or once a day? And you just... You don't want to leave feeling that way. You want to leave your doctor's appointment, even if you've gotten bad news, you want to leave feeling like you understand what's happening. Who can be helpful in this process? You know, I'm thinking of a mom who maybe who's either a single mom or someone who doesn't have a partner that's available to go to all of these doctor's appointments. What's helpful to those moms first, I guess? Yeah, great. So if you don't have a partner, but you have a friend or a neighbor or your mom or your sister, you have somebody that's close to you who can come to your appointments with you, that's ideal. So Mm -hmm. always great to have a second pair of eyes, a second set of ears in that room. They can be taking notes while you're paying attention, you know, whatever you need to have somebody else who's not in the moment with you, 
mm-hmm. going through the pregnancy, but still right there with you listening to what you're hearing. That's super, super important. Mm. Some doctor's offices actually have nurses that are in charge of providing education. So you may not get a hold of the doctor again, but they have a nurse on staff who you call or who you see if you have clarification questions or if you're worried. So that's a really great resource. Some of the bigger group practices may have like a nurse's line that you can call Mm -hmm. and they're available 24 hours. So you can give them a call if you remember a question in the middle of the night or -hmm. something. That's a great resource to have. And if you're in the hospital, a social worker is somebody that you want to meet with because they can be present with you during your doctor's meetings when they come and visit you in the room so that they can be your second set of ears and eyes. And they can also make sure that you're getting all your questions answered from a more professional perspective. They can be there to really watch over that communication. That's fantastic. I mean, those are all really, really great ideas. So for people whose partners are with them or whose family members are with them, what have you found in terms of having an ally in the process? What can partners or family members or friends do while they're there? You know, What comes up a lot that I see is in appointments where you get bad news, you can tell that the mom is just overwhelmed or sad or, you know, just not clearly not in a place to be able to speak up for herself. That's where you can step in as the loved one. And you've got the list of questions. What I teach my clients to do is to write out all these questions beforehand. You have them in your hand in the appointment. Mm -hmm. So now whoever has that list can ask those same questions and still get the answer. And that is extremely invaluable, especially when you're dealing with bad news during an appointment. Right, right. I mean, these are already mostly high stress or heightened stress types of situations where it can be hard to even remember the questions you want to ask. Even if you spent the whole night before not sleeping, thinking about them in the moment, it's really hard. So absolutely relatively simple things, just having them written down Right. Pass it off. Absolutely. And what I recommend for patients to do is to write them down either on a piece of paper or, you know, put it in your notes app in your phone and hold it in your hand while you're on the exam table. Because a lot of times what I see happen is you've written it down, you've done all the work, but then you leave it in your bag that's hanging on the door like six feet away. (laughs) You can't exactly get up when the doctor's there. So keep it in your hand. That way you'll also remember that you have questions to ask. And it's a great reminder to not get up, even if the doctor's kind of subtly pushing you out the door, just to stand your ground and say, actually, I have three more questions. And you can go through them and get those answers. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Fantastic. This is really great information just to kind of have on hand for moms. Oh, I can do that. I can keep asking questions even if the doctor needs to, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> to advocate for yourself. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things and questions that moms or partners or support people might want to know, but what are some kind of starter questions, things that you think people should be asking about? Yeah. Great question. So there are three that I feel like every single person who ever sees a doctor ever should (laughs) ask. (laughs) So the first one is why? Always ask why. Don't take any recommendation as the one and only truth, like the only answer that exists anywhere. Mm -hmm. You have to question your doctors. You understand where they're coming from, why they're recommending what they're recommending, and why they're not recommending something else. Mm -hmm. A lot of times patients don't realize that doctors have already filtered out options for you before Mm -hmm. they even tell them to you. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important you understand what their motivation is about recommending a medication, a treatment, a Mm -hmm. surgery, not doing anything at all. Mm -hmm. All of those things need to be questioned as to why, because then you can also get a sense of, does that recommendation work for me? For example, if the doctor's recommending a medication to help you manage your pain, well, why are you recommending ABC medication? Well, because it's going to lower your pain without affecting your appetite. Well, I'm just making this up. Sure. But if your appetite isn't a concern to you, then you can come back and ask, well, what other options are there that'll have less side effects, for example? Mm -hmm. So you want to know what their motivation is because they might be seeing something as a concern for you that really isn't a concern for you or vice versa. And it starts a really great conversation about this treatment. So when you agree to it, you feel really good about what you've said yes to. The worst thing that you can do is say yes to a medication and take it and have, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but somebody asks, well, why are you taking this? You're kind of like, oh, I don't know. Uh There's something about my stomach or something about my head. You know, like you don't want to do that. (laughs) Don't put anything in your mouth and agree to a surgery until you really understand why your doctor is recommending it. Great. All right. Why? Number two is related to that is what happens if I don't follow the recommendations and what happens if I do. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of asking your doctor to make a pro and con list for you, which again, focuses on the exact same thing because maybe the cons are something that are not a concern to you. 
Mm-hmm. right? Like I can handle a little bit of pain, but I'd rather not take a medication. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to take this pill or, you know, the surgery seems really scary to me. And so I'd rather not take those risks and I'd rather live with whatever ultrasounds every week than to do a surgery. So you want to know what those things are on both sides of it. Again, so you can make a really informed decision about what feels right to you. Mm, great. And the third one, this is my favorite. And this is one I obviously ask all these three to all my doctors, even now, even though I'm not pregnant, but this one's my favorite. And this one is especially important if you have to make a really difficult decision, like surgery is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. If you want to go on bed rest, if your doctor is suggesting, you know, just anything that makes you feel nervous or you're not really sure which way to go. Mm -hmm. I like to ask doctors If your sister or your wife were in this situation, what would you recommend? Mm. Now, that's not to say that they would necessarily be like, oh, well, if that's the case, never mind, don't do it. (laughs) It's not like that, but it's, I find it to really humanize the relationship between the two of you. So you don't see the doctor as a doctor, the doctor doesn't see you as a patient, but you see each other as humans. Mm -hmm. And it really brings compassion into the room. And every time I've asked my doctors this, even during my fertility journey Mm -hmm. and my high-risk pregnancy, I could see my doctor's faces soften. Mm -hmm. And they sat down, they sat closer, they held my hand, and they looked Mm -hmm. at me differently. And even though their recommendation was the same, I knew that they were really understanding my experience as a person, not just as a patient on the exam table. Fantastic. These are three magic questions. I mean, (laughs) it covers so much (laughs) and it's relatively straightforward and simple, but wow, how much information are you getting out of that? Exactly. And I mean, that last one is a big deal because especially for a mom who's already feeling anxious or maybe depressed or who knows, you know, what kind of stressors she's feeling just to be connected can be relieving in and of itself. Absolutely. Wow. That's very important. And, you know, I think that also just those three questions, there may be many more that need to be asked, but just those three questions are a great entryway into building the relationship with your providers, especially if you're going to be seeing them so frequently. Right. Getting to know them, them getting to know you and kind of having um setting the tone, I guess, for your relationship together while you're going through the process. Absolutely. So good. Uh, Well, those were fantastic questions. And I know you offer so many different things to support moms. Do you have anything new or upcoming that would be useful for moms to know about? I do. Yeah. I have this new free resource. That's the 10 questions to ask your doctor to help you get and stay pregnant. It's a free resource. You can download it from my website, from even the homepage. And it takes these three questions and it adds to them. I don't think Mm -hmm. these are included in it. So you're ending up with 13, I guess, if you listen to this podcast plus download this resource. The idea is, again, if you're struggling to get pregnant, you've been trying for a little while, it's not working, or you have a high-risk pregnancy and you're facing complications, you're not sure what to do, these are the questions that you can print out and take every single time to every single appointment Mm -hmm. and get all that information that you need to feel confident about your pregnancy or your fertility journey. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, this is so necessary and so needed because, right, I mean, even going back to what we first started talking about is we don't know what we don't know. Right. Um, And we don't often know the questions to ask. And when things are uncertain with our bodies or with our pregnancies, it can be hard to even formulate words. 
and put together our own ideas. So having this as a resource is just brilliant and so necessary. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So people can download that from your website? Yeah. Yeah. You can just get it straight from the homepage. And your website? Parijatdeshpande.com. Just my first and last name together.com. Perfect. So all of that will be, you know, in our show notes for people to access. Well, fantastic. So there's so many more resources that you offer and people can find you everywhere, which is (laughs) great on your website, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. So really moms or providers even who are listening or family members who are listening. And these are amazing and useful and free resources, including the podcast. I mean, you're giving great information on the podcast as well. Okay, Parjat, thank you so much for being on with us again today and bringing your expertise and your passion to helping moms. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a fun time talking with you again today. Always. So then hopefully we can get you back on and helping more moms out. Sounds great. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.